All right, we're gonna try this one more time. And if it doesn't work, well, it's just not meant to be. But hey, uh, tonight we have on uh, Joseph from Augmented Racing. Of course, we got Tony jumping in to give a hand with the interview. You know, um, give a thumbs up if audio is working. We've been having a little bit of trouble with that. Uh, a little bit about what's going on. Tomorrow night, we have our regular open drift out at Rad Torque Raceway. So again, that's going to be a, just another great night where everyone's uh, just really enjoying uh, the drift community. Get out, get some practice. This weekend, we have our huge event, the June 10th event uh, out at Stratotech Raceway Park. And that, that is the first round of the competition. I see Tony jumping in, so that means that maybe Instagram has this fixed. Um, I think we're, we're good, yeah. Okay, sounds good. We'll wait for Joseph to jump in. I told him to uh, plan for about uh, 7.30, so he'd really need to talk to him. He's got a ton of drift experience and really been pushing hard this last year to uh, get set up, and ultimate goal is to make it into uh, pro spec, so stoked for that. Uh, hey, a little bit. One of the greatest things that uh, came out recent times for anybody in the motorsports community is the element fire extinguisher. Uh, same as a 10 pound thing. We have these available on the website and we'll also have these available um, on our event on June 10th with the uh, merch trailer out there. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, Tony, a little bit about the weekend coming up. Uh, what your predictions maybe, and uh, a little bit about what you got planned going into the event. Well, predictions put the guy on the spot right off the bat, but, uh, you know, it's got to be mentioned. Very exciting news coming through our uh, pro drivers chat just this week that uh, Gaston Morrison will be joining us at the first round. Uh, that's got me, you know, personally, I thought I was excited, but now I'm just like, you know, found found a little bit more gas. Um, so that should be pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm liking uh, um it's going to be an interesting event, I think, for our local guys. You know, it's it's interesting to bring travel time into it as, you know, it's going to be one of our first few rounds that we've had a lot of traveling drivers at. Um, usually we see, you know, the contingency from Regina. We see some guys from BC. But now we're seeing drivers from both those places and America coming up. So you got to factor in maybe some of the travel time. Does that uh, wear, your, wear your team down a bit? I know the, when we did the... Uh, Vegas drift road trips. It was always uh, quite the trek to get down there, and you're already, you know, you had an adventure, then you had an adventure, then you had an adventure at home, and that does take a little bit out of you. But um, yeah, no. So I think that's going to be interesting. And then I think two, uh, well, I guess three would be, is you know, track conditions for the weekend. It is going to be a scorcher. It's plus 32. Uh, the track surface at Stratotech is described as abrasive at best. Um, I think for we're going to go through a lot of tires in practice. I think that's maybe that's my solid prediction that it's going to be a double tire wear practice. Right. Uh, it's going to look great for all of our medias, all the photographers out there. It's going to just be billowing clouds of smoke. Nice, beautiful, sunny day. Hopefully, uh, you know, we don't need that announcer's curse yet. But hopefully they just curse us into I'm not even going to say it. Um, but, yeah, I think the heat uh, going to get that rubber down early. And by the time we look at that competition track uh, for about qualifying at one o'clock there, or sorry, two o'clock, I think it's going to be gripped up. And I think it's going to be a different beast compared to maybe what we would see. I think we're going to see like the end of day strato bash conditions sooner in like four hours or mm -hmm. however many practice there. Um, but yeah, I think those track conditions are really going to play a big part into it. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening, I think that's a good something to keep in mind there. yeah for sure and i think it is going to be a really good event um we're looking forward to it i was talking with uh, some of our local drivers chris pollard in particular this morning and he turns out that he's going to be a veteran of the sport uh one of our longest time drivers that's registered for round one so we do have the uh, few drivers that we're missing out of course got to be said that triple s is not going to be making a show this year uh, to our competitive rounds, we're making, missing Marco, and we're also missing Aaron Day. Uh, they are missed. Definitely a big uh, part of the local drift scene, so, you know, we'll be missing them. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be neat to see a bunch of the new drivers out and, and how that's going. 
I see Joseph's ready to jump in there. So let's see if this works. Fingers crossed that it's working now. Let's see. Clicking. Come on. Don't let us. Ah, there we go. Hi. Finally, you know, you a little it. bit of Instagram uh, personas there to start off with, but we are live and it's great to have you on. Um, just we we put your Instagram up in the in the title of it that you're augmented racing. But why don't you go introduce yourself and then we'll get into everything we want to chat about. Sweet. Yeah, my name's Joseph. I am uh, from Australia originally, living in uh, BC, Canada. Moved here about seven years ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful place, lots of opportunity. We were very welcomed when we arrived, so we decided to stay and start our family here. Always been into motorsports, um, or a fan of motorsports. Never really had the money to do it when I was younger. Made, um, made ends meet with certain builds when I was a kid, but they were pretty crap. Always just trying to polish a <laughs> Oh, no. All right. All right. We see him that he uh, logged off up there. Try to join back up there again there, uh, Joseph, and we'll we'll continue on. Um, just seemed to froze up on it, so hopefully he makes, a, makes the trek back into it. Not sure what's going on with this. Um, oh, here we go. All right. He's back. There we go. All right, you're back. You're back. Okay. Having so, no luck today with this technology <laughs> stuff. All right. So you and the wife uh, moved here from Australia. Yep. Um, and you were doing a little bit of racing back home. Whereabouts in Australia? No, nah, no racing back no? home. Motorcycles. I used to stunt, stunt supermotos and bikes, and do. I did a couple track days on my um, sports bikes back when I was uh, in Australia. But there was a big hiatus for about six years where I like moved here and just hustled as hard as I could to get ahead. And yeah, that was it. Really, I got back into motorsports pretty heavily the last like two years, and yeah, drifting just recently. Well, I mean, if anyone's been trolling your Instagram, which uh, I'm sure they would, it seems that you're fairly involved in all things racing. You have quite a car collection as well. Um, I know that we've chatted a little bit off. You, you're building a rotary. Um, you got an S14, couple of three, uh, 350Zs, 370Zs, I'm thinking. Yeah. And um, all right. So let's get into it. I mean, uh, I didn't know you last time when I was in, when we were in mission doing the last uh, competitive round there, mm -hmm. sort of your name's been up from everybody that I've uh, talked to. And then also you did the drift weeks. Give a little bit of the uh, background. Why are you pushing so hard into drifting and like maybe uh, quite a diverse collection of cars and maybe what's your favorite? All right, cool. Um, it's funny you say that about that event because that was the first time I ever went in a drift car at that event one year ago or 11 months ago, my buddy Chase, um, who was doing the bros versus pros that day, uh, we got stuck in traffic on the, when he was on the way down and we we're sitting in the traffic, like he'd parked, he was a couple of cars in front of us and he told us to come down and check the event out. And I jumped in the car with him and, you know, he being an Aussie too, we were just very, very stoked, having a good time. Um, and I left and I knew straight away I had to, um, I had to get a drift car. So I think the next day I bought, um, Gran Turismo 7 and one of those, uh, just cheap, uh, belt and driven wheels. Okay. I started playing around on that. Started looking for a 370Z, um, and the rest was history. Um, I'd already, before, before I started that journey, just to take a step back, I'd already started building um, a couple couple other cars. I've always been a huge fan of rotary since I was a kid. I have two FDRX7s and two RX8s. Um, both are pretty well built. One of the FDRX7s, is I'm, I'm building that up to be a drift car, so it's already got wise fab on it and a bunch of cool little bits and pieces. But um, yeah, so I basically picked up the 370Z, I think within a week or so. Actually, I spent about a month trying to get in touch with Mission, trying to like convince them to let me rent the track so I could go practice. And from there, I did about 20 private days and a bunch of BCDA days all in the period of about three months. Okay. And just went into it. Like as soon as I 
figured out how to smoke the tires. That was it. Like it was an addiction. I was so excited to get out there every day and just smash tires. And I had a lot of good people around me come through. Like Chase was helping me. Gaston was a big, played a big role. He took me out for my first tandems. And I still remember that day like it was yesterday. So it's been about 11 months. I, um, throughout that period, I did my, uh, my first competition I entered was around one of the BCDA grassroots and my, um, buddy throttle body died. Um, so I got all prepared for that mentally and everything. And then that happened. And then the second round I came second and then I did drift week. Um, so we did drift week six. We did all, we went through Oklahoma and Texas. So prior to drift week, I'd contacted Aaron Losey and he helped me sort out, um, a car. I bought a 350 Z off him. Actually, that was my first competition. Sorry. My first competition was in Texas when I was getting, um, this tattoo done. I went down and I was getting, I was sitting in the tattoo chair and I messaged him and I said, Oh, if you got a car, I can rent so I can come try a competition. Ended up buying that 350Z off him, the one that I've got wrapped with the same livery as the S14. And the rest was history. I got knocked out in the second round. I got nervous, got my thumbs, thumb stuck in the steering wheel, Whoa. dislocated it pretty much. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but came home and knew that's what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, so I, well, so leading up to Drift Week, Aaron invited me to come. I um, thought to myself, I need a better car than a 350Z, not knowing how good it was already. Like, I love that car. But I ended up buying the S14 off um, one of his friends. It was really well built. It had already been in the Pro-Am series. It had a lot of wins and stuff, so it's a really well-built car. The guy that built it, Galen, works for ECU Masters, or worked for ECU Masters, also a great guy. Um, and yeah, we did drift week six. I met people like Ben Hobson, Rome and a bunch of the other dudes and got to know them really well. Fielding shredder helped me a lot, um, throughout drift week, just helping me learn the tracks really fast, pushing me really hard. And after drift week, it was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, but I came out of that and I ended up starting to sim drift a lot more. Like I had the simulator before and I knew that it was going to help me, but it wasn't until like I came back from that drift week six that I knew that that was the key to getting good. Ended up hooking up with Ben Hobson and he introduced me to a couple of his other buddies that he was sim drifting with. And I've uh, yeah, been on the sim pretty much every day since. I've, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. I look for the best best rig I could get because I knew it was going to save me a lot more money than smashing my car into things. Right. And that's sort of how we ended up with that. Um, and then Drift Week 7 came around. My wife was already, we already knew she was pregnant. So um, I thought that might have been my last one for a while. Um, so we went, did it. Met a bunch of other cool people, got to drive a lot of fast tracks, um, broke my car on the first day. I'd supercharged my 370Z, the first car that I bought before. And on the first day of Drift Week, second lap, I snapped the belt. Um, so I took that back to stock, drove it like that for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, uh, Soho Motorsports came through, sent me two belts, and I was back on the road for Horse Thief Mile. That's probably by far my favorite track I've ever done. Like there's something about going up and down a mountain with such risk. Like you go off the track there, you flip your car. Yeah. And yeah. I managed to manage to do that track in the three stock 350Z and the supercharged 370Z. So it was, it was uh, quite rewarding at the end of the day. I left on quite a high and just kept meeting cool people and connecting. And that's sort of what led me to want to keep drifting. And I spent a lot of time with a bunch of prospect guys throughout Drift Week 6 and 7, and I just wanted to keep driving with them. So I figured this would be the path to um, being able to run that circuit. Pretty much that's it, yeah. I mean, once you once you get in that group and you're, you're driving in the competition, they're driving at the absolute pinnacle and uh, you get to drive with the best drivers in the world. Mm. So it's pretty decent. So the car that I see you probably the most in is is one of your 370Zs. What's the engine set up in that? And that's still that, the like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's still the stock uh, VQ engine. Yeah. It's had the shit yeah. beaten out of it. That was my first drift car. We just pulled it out uh, last week. I've got a built motor going in that now. Um, it stayed stock basically the whole time. It's a bit of a unicorn. Made about 323 horsepower or something. Um, just stock. Um, and then I supercharged it. I haven't dynotuned it since I supercharged it. It was such a mess. Like got there with a flash tune. Yeah. Um, was still doing logs when I got to drift week seven. Um, but now it's got, it's getting everything. Like it's got a fuel cell going in fuel rails, a built engine, um, uh, tubing the front end. I'm doing rear mount radiator. I, um, yeah, I haven't, I'm just want to make that at the same level of my, as my S14 in case things do fall through with that or something happens, I can, you know, not be delayed. Right. 
So hmm. then the competition car that you're going to be uh, competing in, I know we were talking, you were trying to make it work so that you could come out to round one, but I mean, obviously, uh, baby, family, all comes first. Um, mm -hmm. So you're planning for, for the round two, the shootout in mission. Mm -hmm. um, what's the car that you're going to be bringing to that? And so, look at a little bit of those specs. Yeah, so that's going to be the S14, um, the one that I picked up down in Texas. I've had a fair bit of seat time and it. it's definitely the fastest car I own, just like the way it's set up. And um, for that, it's still, it's got a Golan motor in it. Um, so it's a well-built motor. Um, T56, I uh, just put a S1 sequential on that. So it'll help me uh, sort of shift up and down between gears a little bit easier. I've got a Winters quick change in it now. My subframe was cracked. So it sort of led me to finding another subframe and moving to the Winters quick change. Mm -hmm. I've uh, got a nitrous kit that just went on it, so I'll be running nitrous for the comp. Um, Link ECU, digital dash. Um, yeah, I've, I already had a fire suppression system in it. I got a cool suit for it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. It's got wise fab on the front and rear. Uh, super gripped up. Uh, plenty of power. Like it was making 480 without um, the nitrous. And so I'm hoping with the nitrous, it'll, it'll be spicy, plenty of torque to get through that power alley. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, I mean, I definitely after the interview, you got to throw up uh, the video that we've sort of been sharing it around through Discord and stuff. It's going to be the, the layout that we're running for this year's uh, competition that you've been practicing on the sim. And you had some really runs on that so it'll be interesting throw that up on your instagram and we'll definitely uh share it out so the guys can get a little bit of a course preview on it um awesome so let's take a step back to the sim rig that you have mm -hmm. and i mean you, you're definitely putting the time in on that and does that translate as well as what everybody says to the actual physical driving it does that's for sure especially training things like eye tracking like knowing where to look um you know picking lines, feeling comfortable with what gear you should be in and the amount of throttle input and whether you should be like left foot, uh, foot braking when you uh, like when you're hand braking, like how to turn the car in. A lot of that stuff translates like I've probably already done about 250 kilometers on that layout for that you that we you guys are running for this upcoming event. So I'm putting in a couple hours a day for sure. I'm lucky enough to have people like Rome and a bunch of the other Formula D inspector guys as uh, prospect dudes that are helping me out and spending a bit of time in there. I get the opportunity to help drive with them. So they've been helping me figure out the layout and how to run it. And it's been, um, yeah, it's been pretty eye opening. Even they like took them a minute to figure out the right way to run it. And yeah, it's been fun. Like something to look forward to every day, getting in there and practicing. Mm -hmm. And it definitely does help a lot. Okay. So it does do a fairly good, you know, you have a different sim rig than probably most of us do. Yours has a little bit of motion and stuff like that. You got the three screens set up and you drive mostly with VR goggles. Is that correct? Yeah, only with VR goggles. Okay. And I just got my car made in the sim too. So like we set it up. So it has the exact same suspension, uh, rear rack, uh, similar power. So it's, it's meant to be about 450 horsepower and it's running 150 shots. So something pretty similar. So I've had an opportunity to play around with a lot of gearing and stuff and, you know, do everything I can to be prepared for this upcoming shootout. Excellent. Um, so a little bit about the shops that you use. Obviously, you got a good car collection going on. I mean, um, you're picking rotaries, which is, uh, you know, I like that. I, I support that. It's probably, you know, a terrible decision, much like drifting, like everything else. <laughs> but, I mean... Two yeah, worst decisions possible in one go. So that's... That's key. <laughs> when they're on, they're on. I mean, uh, you said you had two FDRX7s, you know, me too, two RX8s. We got a couple and, you know, it's just, it's all, it's all bad choices. But um, who's sort of, have you partnered up with the local shop? Uh, maybe uh, give a little bit of background on that because, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's, we've seen the most success from the places that have a good shop sort of behind them or a good group of friends that are really helping them out. So maybe a bit of information on that would be cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I started trusting a lot of people and I got taken advantage of, especially in BC here with the rotary community, 
not the community, sorry, the, the Rotary Specialists. I ended up uh, going back to my Australian roots and just reaching out to a bunch of people that I knew from back home and they've connected me with the right people. So I had an engine built for that white Pandem RX-8 and it turns out it was built with secondhand parts. So that sucked. Um, the company that did it was renowned for fucking people, uh, messing people over <laughs> and, um, excuse my language. And so, yeah, I ended up going back to Australia and getting an engine built there for it. Um, it was quite a negative experience overall, but thankfully, you know, I came out learning a lot from it. Um, since then, I've moved a lot of stuff in-house now. Like, I've got all the tooling in my shop, um, lifts, everything we need. I'm just about to build, a, build up a fab station so we can work on a bit more of that type of stuff, like building bash bars and just doing stuff like firewalls and anything else we need. Um, so, so since then, I've started bringing people into my shop to help me out. Um, I've been lucky enough to make some really good friends through drifting. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've been helping me a lot, um, just coming in when they can, helping me where they can. I've got a couple of seat time cars, so it's sort of a good trade. I let them drive my cars and they come and help me. Um, it's worked out pretty good and I've learned a lot from it. It's been quite empowering, to be honest. Um, I definitely know more now than I did 11 months ago when I started drifting. I'm lucky enough, there's a shop next door to me uh, that builds custom motorcycles. And he used to work with Tucker and run um, a couple of FD, uh, sorry, um, competitive cars over the border. And um, yeah, he's just been helping me in his spare time between building custom bikes and stuff. So that's been awesome. And he's been my main guy pretty much. Excellent. Yeah, that helps out a lot. I mean, um, you got good people that are kind of behind you. That's definitely the mm. big one. You know, it's a bummer to hear that there is, uh, you know, shops still looking to take advantage of, but unfortunately that's sort of in any, any community, the, mm. the rotary community may be small and, uh, you know, there's a few guys that we really trust with it, but, um, yeah, unfortunate for that, but, but you know, so you that's got okay. a motor all the way from Australia coming. Yeah. I mean, Australia, New Zealand, those guys still, you know, hold it true to the, uh, to the rotaries. They also love the mm -hmm. RVs. So, I mean, they're full of bad choices over there, but they seem to make oh, it yeah. work. So, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> made enough good. mistakes to know what they're doing now. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, so, your main com competition car is going to be the S14. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've um, got a, a lot of seat time in both the 370Z and the S14. And I just like the way the S14 drives, um, just the grip where it's at, like I can always trust it'll hook up where I need it to. Um, not that the 370 doesn't, but I don't know, there's just something about a V8 that just, you know, is a lot more exciting than a VQ. They sound a bit like a trumpet, even when they are supercharged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we always joke about Trumping it. With it, more it air. <laughs> yeah, it, it, is, it is one of the, uh, you know, most unique sounding engines. I don't know, it's an acquired taste, I guess. Mm. Um, so if you do, you know, get the license at the uh at the competition in in july admission is the s14 going to be the car that you're going to take all the way and take it into prospect or are you looking at doing something different altogether um well i've got a friend that runs a team in uh pro and then two of my buddies uh dan and Ka uh, and casey both have they're about to upgrade their cars so they offered a like maybe potentially do an arrive and drive program for me. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a couple options there on the, on the table. I'm going to just focus on getting my license first. I've had a lot of right. good people around me on that side of things, just encouraging me and pushing me and stuff. So I, I would love to run the S14 for one season just because of how much money I've put into it um, and how much seat time I've had in it. But the other guys, I mean, um, Dan and Casey both run the same chassis. They've just got a bunch of cool other stuff in their car that make it a little, I mean, they make more power, high comp on nitrous and a little bit uh, more reliable probably than me running just the Golan built motor. It's just drag, it's not an old drag race motor, but it's, I just don't know how much nitrous I could put it through it before it blows up. Right, so I'm right. still, I, yeah, I'm still figuring that one out. I'm just trying to get through this uh, licensing event and then figure it out. But if I do get my license, I'll definitely be on that circuit next year. Yeah, no, I think that would be a great, great thing. There's, there's a couple of different uh, things. We talked to a bunch of drivers and we've talked to a bunch of prospect guys as well that, you know, they, they said either the mistake is that they build a new car or, or they just go down and it maybe it's a little bit overwhelming. 
like if there's that opportunity to have a car and a team that's there and you just need to get in and drive and you don't have maybe all the worry about uh you know the 40 hours to the first round in the in the truck driving there mm. or having all the spares package that you need to go down with you right so it is it is a if it works it's great i mean we see yeah. some of the pro guys even doing the same thing where they jumped on to a team with Odie Bocci's and you know, you got the team behind you, the car is set up, you know, that the setup is going to be perfect and it's all down to whether you're driving instead of fighting with the car to, to set it up. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of other things that we want to chat with you. You obviously drive mission quite a bit. Um, what's sort of the arrangement there and for the, for the, you've, you've driven some of the different layouts is a three seventy. Is sort of your favorite chassis for that sort of best seat time car bang for the buck? Uh, probably the lately it's been the three fifty Z. Um, just because it's it's fun to just drive it on the limiter, don't lift, like I just beat the living shit out of it all the time and don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do try I do try to drive the S fourteen down there as much as I can, but it's been off the road for a little bit since we've like started doing all these modifications to it. Right. The arrangement with them, I just rented the track a bunch when I first got into drifting back in July last year um, and then started doing all the BCDA events. I haven't really, like, besides Drift Week and, yeah, that's it, really. Besides Drift Week and all the track admission, they're the only real, like, events I've done. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still waiting to sort out my um, PR here, so crossing the border is a bit tricky at the moment. Otherwise, I'd be down at Evergreen doing their series too um but yeah that's why i'm so excited to after july like because i've just had a baby after july um i'll probably end up doing a lot more and trying to not miss out on any more any of the actual events um right. rather than just doing private rentals when i can fit it in mm -hmm. yeah there is something different about uh you know the competition events it, it, it does bring a different driving style for sure and when people really have you know they're full on it we really see the you know the tandem's better the line is way better i mean we definitely notice it you know i judge you know all the competitions so we see these drivers driving you know grassroots days to competitive days and man like they absolutely turn another gear when they uh, are driving in competition yeah. it makes us excited for this uh, this event coming up on the 10th there um tony's got some uh questions for you so i'm gonna let him jump in and then we're gonna We'll chat a little bit about sponsors. We were having a conversation on Discord, and I kind of want to get into that for, for everybody sort of listening or watching us here live. Yeah, cool. I've got some to add about that too, but, uh, you know, just thanks to everybody who has uh, joined us on Discord there. And just a quick shout-out to if you are competing this round, please, please, please hook me up with some of your sponsorship information, car information. It uh, gives me something to talk about. It is there's no other way to say it, man. It's just me up there talking for about four to five hours, and it, uh, it's quite a bit to talk about. So if I can have more to talk about, it does help. So I did have a few questions for you, Joe, here. Uh, number one, let's start with it. I think it's fairly safe to say that you've caught the drift bug. What is it about drifting that when you, you know, you, you had a good normal life, you said, that's good, that's great, we made it to Canada. Now I've seen drifting on an off chance and now it's just been drifting for the 11 months. What is it about it that just makes a normal guy go, that's it. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, well, I was like going fast in cars and I had done a bunch of track days on bikes and I used to stunt motorcycles. So like, I love just being on the edge of my seat. Um, there's something about sliding sideways, hitting the rev limiter, smoking the tires and almost hitting your buddies. It's, it's just gets me going, eh? Like, I, it's just so much fun. It's, it's always something to look forward to. It gets me really excited. I really surprised myself when I showed up um, to Texas and bought that 350Z and did my first comp on the same day. I'd never driven the chassis before, never done a competition. And I drove, I drove, I surprised myself with how I drove and how I felt. I was having a really good time. I wasn't nervous. I've done a lot of other sports, you know, and it's, I'm at a point in my life now where, like, I've tried martial arts, I've tried snowboarding, a lot of other stuff that I wanted to get really good at. And I have the same mentality as I do with drifting. Like I'm quite obsessive. It got me, it made me a lot of, quite successful when I was um, working. And now I'm just applying that same mentality to sport. Um, and those other sports that I was doing put my body on the line. Um, whereas drifting is more just, um, you know, a lot safer in my opinion than some of the other stuff I was doing before, especially on a motorcycle. So 
it just ended up being the thing that I thought I'm going to go have a proper crack at and make it my thing because it's so much fun. Yeah, no, that's a that's a sick answer, man. I always uh, have said, you know, you can't really fall off a drift car, so that's why it's, you know, it's pretty good to do. It's it's funny that, you know, you think of it as, like, the safest thing you can do, and we, we commonly say this a lot, but it, it really is. If you think about it, you're having your car crash sideways, which is, you know, a lot less impact force. Granted, we've, we've had a few harder knocks over the years, but, um, yeah, it is one of the safest things you can do. And, I mean, the community aspect, you uh, you mentioned going down a drift week, meeting so many awesome people. Of course, knowing so many awesome people, BT, you know, we can't wait to hang out with you at a spec event too. Um, it, it just makes it so easy to lose yourself in it. I'm sure you can attest too from only having, you know, 11 months in it, you have one of the more impressive driving resumes I've heard in just 11 months go at it, you know? So what is it about like the community aspect maybe versus some of those uh, other competitive sports or competitive riding that you did in the um, past that uh, kind of makes it more appealing? Well, I mean, snowboarding, I never knew, I never would be able to get competitive at that. I was just too old. Um, martial arts, I've, I've had a bunch of fights and it just got to a point where I was like, if I want to get really good at it, I'm going to have to hurt myself more. And sparring's fun. And especially when you do it with your mates. And I, some of my closest friends are from martial arts too. Like I've traveled the world, trained at a bunch of different gyms and done some pretty cool stuff there. But as soon as I got into drifting, everyone was so welcoming, you know, like, I'd already known Chase, but like as soon as I met a bunch of the other guys at Mission, everyone was helpful. Like um, they all were willing to teach me what I what I needed to know to get good, and you know, give me the opportunity to drive with them too on their days. And it's just been a great community. Like everyone's very friendly, and it's just you know the comp even when you're competing, like you're still high fiving everyone, like hugging everyone. Like it's just it's a different kind of sport. Sport. It's a little bit different getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just just a cool casual slap to the hand instead yeah no we yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the five minutes of top gun on repeat with some driving sprinkled in here and there mm -hmm. just high five dudes hanging out having a good time and it's just yeah. good vibe so well we're happy you picked up on that man and uh all right so one of the questions i want to ask you too about uh just sim drifting as it was you know did you find that that kind of helped you practice you know well, obviously having some of the mistakes that you would learn as you are starting to drift, uh, you got to make them for way cheaper if you think about it. Mm. If you think about like how many times you've maybe crashed on the sim, does oh. that help build the confidence knowing that, you know, like kind of what a mistake looks like before it's coming? And then are you able to apply that uh, to like some of your own driving now? Yeah, most definitely, especially like spotting other people's mistakes in driving in tandem and stuff like there's been a lot of times I'm in a motion rig. So like I pay it a lot more than anyone else that's sim drifting normally, especially when like I, I make mistakes, I get sh shook around. I don't wear a harness in the motion rig you're supposed to. Um, and it's just like taught me to be a better driver. Um, hitting concrete walls sucks in real life and in the motion rig too. So like I've been a lot more aware of my proximity. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just like I've had the opportunity again to drive with a lot of cool people in the sim and like help some of the guys practice for their uh, pro spec and Formula D um, events, especially these last couple months. And I've got to drive all the cool tracks that they're driving, which has made me want to do it even more. Um, so, yeah, I think the sim's definitely like a lot cheaper. That's for sure. I mean, I've damaged a lot of stuff in real life, too. Like I've learned fast and hard, hard and fast, <laughs> made a lot of mistakes, hit a couple walls. Um, that's the reason why I'm, I have to tube two of my cars. So, right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a reason. There's a way. There's a, there's a why because of it for sure too. Uh, no, that's an awesome uh, feedback there, man. And I'm really excited to see you get out on track here too. Because one of the more sim questions I want to ask too is, you know, like using it to practice for an event. You know, you've helped some uh, uh, FD drivers, some prospect guys. Um, I don't know if you guys have a good mission track yet on the sim for a set of Corsa. Yeah, I, I've tried. I, I, got it, I got it made personally. I paid, I commissioned it and I um, had it built for, for, to practice for this event pretty much. So I'll be releasing it after the event. So anyone and everyone can use it. It's an extremely high resolution version. Like it's an amazing layout. It's, a, it's basically one for one. Awesome. Yeah. We have, you know, we have similar on Stratotech. I don't know if you've picked it up off the internet. Uh, if not, I have, yeah, I've given it a couple times. And it's, you know, it's, it's wicked. Having that, like, a local track that you can go practice on, like, me, myself, you know, we're, we're talking, like, little Logitech Sim Drift. I just do it for fun on the side. But I've racked up about 
2,000 kilometers, I'd say, on our local track. And it's nice. made me, like, more confident. We have, you know, our Strato Bash events, I'm sure you've seen uh, on our Instagram channels. Definitely come to that if you've got like, yeah, some I'm time. I've already signed up for now, that. You're going to be there. Awesome. Let's go. Let's try it. Um, but that has helped so much with, like, you know, track memorization, uh, where you should look, like you said earlier. You know, can you maybe just uh, just elaborate a little bit on that? Like, when you are practicing, like, a mission layout, a uh, mission track, you know, mm -hmm. what specific things are you looking for? And then do you see the correlation from the sim to real life? Are you looking at maybe some of the same spots? Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to driving faster um, and where to add and remove angle and stuff. Like, I go into the sim thinking about that. And like, how am I going to set – how am I set up my practice so I'm getting something out of it? I think I have about 550 hours in the sim so far. So it's paid off. Like it's it's definitely gone hand in hand with the seat time in real life, and has got me to a point where like I, I feel confident in driving this next event. Like I'm excited to have a little bit more power and a sequential, so I can run higher gearing. Um, and I've been testing all that in the sim too. So like you know I I tried lower gearing um, and like lower gears too on that layout and experienced the same thing. I'm sure a lot of people did last year too, and it's just allowed me to make a better plan for this upcoming competition. Man, that's so awesome. That's like such a dialed answer. You really get like, you know, you're pretty chill, awesome mate, but we get that com that, that competitive side of you is just like shining through right now. And that's just got me ultra pumped to see a mission, especially if you yeah. have been practicing for it. You know, you're, like you said, you're running, simulating different setups. I think that's like, you know, that could be a game changer for like spec D. Um, obviously for Formula Drift, we're seeing, you know, bigger emphasis. Like I think I've been watching it for, I don't want to date myself, but a while. And um, this is like the first year that sim drifting has really shone through. You know, we got a few drivers running actual sponsorships, uh, esports teams. You know, they got the sim rigs now at the events. Do you think in time uh, sim drifting will actually get up there in like the higher echelons of like esports and stuff like that? And do you think that it's only going to serve to get people better um, at drifting? definitely is especially with the way that sponsors are doing things like they're picking the higher level sim drifters and giving them the opportunity to give away free gear and run their own events and i'm part of a pretty cool community that um has definitely helped me excel um it's sideways society on instagram they build a bunch of cool cars um they've got a bunch of tracks i have like a discord where like you get to practice with a lot of the pros and stuff and you know, it's just open, open a lot of opportunity, open a lot of doors for me too, and also give me the opportunity to drive a lot of the pro level cars in the sim. Like a lot of the pro guys, uh, like Rob Thorne, Dan Stuke, and and Casey Cole, they've all got their cars built in the sim. And like driving those pro level cars is a big step up from like what you'd normally get in the public service and whatnot. Like, and especially the way they tune them, they put like four or five hundred hours into building the cars. So they're dialed, like, you know, they're taking photos of the suspension on and off the ground. They're doing everything they can to make sure that it's, you know, like for like when they're practicing. Um, I don't, I think every, pretty much everyone I've met um, that is a pro is in the sim now. Like even James Dean on Drift Week 6, like we're sitting there talking and he's like, oh, I'm not really into it. And now he's in it all the time. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are like, um, they're realizing that it's an advantage. Like, it's the easiest way to get seat time, especially when you can't afford to rent the track, like, or be at the track to practice. Like, a lot of these places don't even allow you to do that kind of stuff unless it's the event. So, like Mission, they don't, they, they won't let me drive the turn one and two. Only, so I'm going to do it in the stim. Only on the event days. Yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Well, hey, there's been awesome uh, questions about sims and stuff. You know, maybe... It'd be interesting to maybe in a future podcast episode, like set aside some time just to specifically talk about sim drifting. Like I'm down to nerd out. I know a bunch of other guys down to nerd out about this. It's a very interesting topic. Uh, one of the last things, just before we move on from the sim drifting, I wanted to ask about your, you know, custom car. Um, do you find like the correlation between how it feels in the driver's seat versus the sim seat is pretty close? And, uh, you know, maybe just shed a little light. How do you get a process, something like that started for someone watching that uh, wants to get their own car made? Um, well, I was very lucky. Um, the guy that I was talking about before that runs Sideways Society, I sort of encouraged him to create a patron and build a community around how helpful he was. Like, I met him through Ben Hobson. Ben Hobson basically said, look, you need to get with my buddy. He helped me a bunch, you know. He's a 
he's a real good hype man too. He was always geeing me up, getting me excited. And I just said, you know, you need to share your energy with some other people. And he went from like just starting out to having like over 200 patrons pretty quickly. And he's just a stoker. He helps everyone, you know, um, and that in turn got me my car made in the sim. Mm -hmm. um, he does it for the pros, but I think I'm, <laughs> I hear his son make, get it made for a few other people, but it's an expensive process. Um, like I said, it can take up to, you know, three, 400 hours, depending on how, you know, whether there's a car base already, whether they have the um, physics and, you know, things like the wise fab and, you know, the rack positioning, right. And uh, all that kind of stuff. So it'll probably get a lot quicker now, especially with um, all the cars he's been producing um, and using this same process of collecting information and whatnot. Um, but I'd say the probably easiest way to get started is to join that community and just be around and drive some of the other people's cars and whatnot. It's, I think it's only like $15 a month and it's honestly given me so much value. And there's a huge, a lot of car packs, like people, people will buy car packs anyway, but he runs his own servers and you get to drive with a lot of the pros, which is cool. Awesome, man. No, we'll uh, definitely have to grab that link from you too. Just throw it up in the discord. Yeah. So that sounds pretty awesome. So it's fine. No, we're gonna, yeah, no, I'm always down to smash doors for free. Well, not free, but mm -hmm. <laughs> if it's I don't have to fix bucks, it afterwards, yeah. that's the kind of doors I'm looking to break, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. So if you've watched the uh, podcast before, we uh, do quick rapid fire questions every week with mm -hmm. each one of our guests. Uh, point to these is just to answer as fast as possible. They can be funny. They can be serious. Uh, just wherever you want to take it, man. So if you're ready, we're ready. Ready to hit it? Okay. Go <laughs> Uh, most expensive part on a car? Uh, winter's quick change, I think, yeah. I don't know. Most expensive car uh, car part broken? Um, which car? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to focus on the S14. Um, probably the subframe. That's a, that's a tricky one. Don't want that one. <laughs> Great. Uh, dream car, dream motor setup? Um, I already have it. <laughs> I, I, growing up, I always wanted a Lamborghini, and I um, two years ago, I think it was, I bought a Huracan and supercharged it, and went and replaced as many body parts as I could with Ford carbon fiber. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have my dream car. It's a beautiful machine, man. I like it go. up there. Best yeah. answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the most balling answer we've had, too. Yeah, <laughs> we, go, right. We'll see if we can find you a used uh, golf chicken trophy somewhere at the local discount uh, supermarket. <laughs> so we can get your warm bath from there. Um, dream battle and uh, favorite driver in the world? Uh, favorite driver, James Dean. Dream battle, probably Chelsea Denova. Nice. You know, I think we'll probably send uh, Chelsea a, maybe an award too because he's like the number one most dream battle too. <laughs> Everybody just, I just like it. He never lives. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, wanted to break this one up too because you know you've, you you mentioned you had a lot of guys helping you locally when you uh, started out. Uh, good time to shout them out now. But uh, one local driver that inspires you? Um, Chase Pengeli. Pengeli. He's um, another Aussie. He's the one that got me into it. Like. 11 months ago, he took me for my first drive. He's been driving with me like as much as he humanly can ever since. I owe him a, owe him a lot. And Gaston for taking me out for my first tandems. He's a legend. <laughs> the madman, the troublemaker. <laughs> That's good. Um, well, I mean, this one, we kind of ask, uh, you know, have you had an easy battle yet? You've said you've been in a few competitions. You might not have this answer yet, but uh, easiest battle you've been in? Um... <laughs> They're probably watching, so I don't want to say that. 100%. <laughs> that's the best time to throw it out. It's better, it's, it's better when they're watching. Yeah, no, now's the time, man. They can't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I don't want to do that. All right. Okay, so more whoever, respectful whoever watching, you're the easiest. Yeah. Hopefully, the one's coming up at Spec D. There you go. There you go. You know, you know who you are. You, you were called out. You were put on notice. <laughs> and, uh, Finally, man, we got a uh, bucket list event at a bucket list track. What would it be? Uh, um, probably Road Atlanta. Nice. Yep. In 
nap day. <laughs> That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that hits a special place in Sean's heartstrings there. <laughs> yeah, they don't allow prospect. Well, they don't really do prospect there. So, oh, they do actually. Yeah. So I'd get to do it in prospect. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely better than going to Orlando, apparently. No no prospect driver misses going to Orlando, they say. So there you go. Yeah, it's so De small there too. Yeah, definitely back at, at uh, Atlanta is going to be nice. And yeah. then yeah, finally, that uh, bucket list event, if you could drive one drift event in the world, which one would it be? Um, the European series looks pretty sweet. My friend Fielding's over there at the moment doing it, so it looks like it's going to be a, a good good competition. And I love traveling; it's so much fun. Right on, man. Well, sick, man. It did pretty good. I think uh, I think uh, Jace had faster answers, so we'll we'll put you in second place for speed. But uh, hey, that was pretty awesome, man. That was, that was quick. So we'll uh, throw it back over to Sean because I'm sure he has a few more questions for you. Well, you know, the the question about sponsorship comes up quite a bit. And it's sort of something that not a lot of people talk about. They don't talk really what is sponsorship, um, you know, or how they get it. So I know it, there's sort of a little bit of an ongoing conversation in the on our Discord uh, server last night. And maybe just wanted to, to open it up and, and talk a little bit about sponsorship. Um, you know, maybe your mindset on it will mm -hmm. punch into Tony and then maybe I'll give some, some of my insight or what I, what I think on it. Um, I guess what what are you looking for from from a sponsorship and you know what what, what do you consider to be a sponsor okay. for you? Cool. Um, so it depends on what kind of product it is. If it's an expendable product like tires, um, I could totally understand where it would be like, you know, the program that you run, which is very fair and awesome. Parts and whatnot. Like I've been very lucky to have some successful businesses, and I've quite a successful marketer. So I understand of cost, understand the cost of acquisition. Mm -hmm. So if say, for example, someone's going to give you a turbocharger for free, you know, they only need to sell two or three turbochargers to make up that cost. So I feel like getting 10, 20% off that item is a little bit of a slap in the face. Um, especially considering like, if you were going to represent the brand the way I personally would, and I would have like the sponsorships I've given out with businesses I've had before, um, they should be able to recoup their cost on that one part, like within, you know, two or three customers. So in, in my mind, like, it's just, I, I figured, and I don't really know a lot about that, that side of things in the sport. And I've only just started speaking to some of the other guys recently and they all get their stuff for free as far as I know, um, at their level. Um, but yeah, I just, I saw the question about sponsors and I thought to myself, it's not something that I've really gone and tried to achieve because it's like I'm not in a position to represent them the way I'd like to, mm -hmm. um, which is to bring them customers and sales and have like measurable results. Um, it's definitely something that I'll probably try to do down the track. Um, but yeah, I'm just, uh, I feel that, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a product in particular, if someone's in need and you know, they're going to be a good representation of that product and, you know, maybe even get you like, I mean, realistically only need two or three customers, especially if the cost of acquisition is generally 30%. Um, especially when they're running ma marketing ads on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. I find that like your free products probably going to get them even more excited and make their life a lot easier, give them a better opportunity in competitions and whatnot. And that's sort of like what I was asking last night, you know, is that considered a sponsorship if you're getting 10, 20% off? Correct. Yeah. Cause like, as, I, I guess that as is a, even as a customer, like I'll ask for discounts, like, and not, and not as a sponsorship just because like, you know, it's always, it can't hurt to ask. Yeah. especially when um, I was building cars when I was younger and whatnot and didn't really consider it a sponsorship, but more so just a, you know, bit of a deal. Yeah, exactly. A bit yeah. of a deal. Tony, a little bit about, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. had some success in, in finding partners and stuff like that. Maybe just some of your input on it. Definitely. You know, I'll, Want to, I want to answer both sides of this too. Uh, I've had some success, but I've also had uh, some, you know, not go, go my way. Um, and I wanted to, you know, kind of call back to something Joe said there too. It's representing that partner in a way that you want to, in a way that you're able to. And if, you know, I have the benefit now to be a few years removed, and you know, we'll, we'll call it what it is. Uh, Triple S had uh, 
handed me an opportunity a few seasons ago. Uh, we, you know, we built a majority of the shell, the uh, engine of my current car there. Uh, without that, that help that season, you know, it uh, maybe didn't shape the way we wanted to, um, but it would have never come together without them either. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, just a, a good, quick personal thank you to Corey, all the guys, Triple S, you know, that uh, it wouldn't have happened without you guys. So thank you. But uh, Unfortunately, uh, as time progressed, you know, neither, uh, you know, I couldn't make the time commitment at that point. Uh, they were also switch switching shops. It uh, kind of caught both, you know, parties out bad time. Didn't really work eye to eye, but, uh, you know, that's that's still a shop I can walk into. You know, they're happy to give me a little little bit of discounted parts here. Uh, Marco over there, really awesome to deal with. Uh, they, you know, keep me in uh, turbo gaskets and whatever falls off my KA. So it's uh, never has a problem. Um, but that's kind of what I wanted to say is like, you know, you don't, um, when you're going to be in a position, you know, you gotta, you gotta realize your self-worth, what you're going to put out there and then what you're actually able to really achieve, you know, like you don't want, you know, come out with all of this ambition. Hey, you know, get, get your sticker on my car. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then round one shows up, the car's not ready. You're not ready. And it's just, it's not a good space for you. It's not a good space for your sponsor. And it really helps the next guy in line that could really use, you know, like a deal like that going down the, um, you know, the road, whether, like you said, it is a 10 or 20% offer price or whether it is a free part, uh, you know, just outright. Um, being honest with yourself and just, having that expectation that you are going to meet their expectation of yourself, I think is really key. Um, so if there was ever advice I could give to myself five years prior, it would be that in the fact that, you know, don't overcommit yourself right off the bat, do what you're comfortable with. Sometimes it's worth it to have a small partnership when something maybe that's unspoken, just someone that treats you good. Uh, I mean, Sean, you yourself, Zestino Tires, they held mm -hmm. my program out uh, back in the day. It was high to winter tires. You know, we are burning off those <laughs> 15s for 35 bucks a pop. That was sick. <laughs> that's what I could afford at that point. Um, but it's the small deals like that too that also – carry that big weight you know it might not be the grand awesome sponsorship right off the bat and it might just be you know i can think of matt's devotion tire he tries to charge me full price or tries to charge me a buddy price for doing tires but you know that's another guy we're interested in keeping around so i'll pay him extra all the time uh because he does mad work but it's the small things like that that can really make those big differences to I struggle to call what I do a program. You know, I'm out there just having fun. We're, we're living the life. I love doing the announcing. It's, it's way funner to run your mouth than it is your car, or it's easier anyways. Um, but, um, you know, it's those small little things that uh, keep me going, uh, keep me in it. Um, you know, while I basically hit two or three out of the head, I got to shut up JJ, 2J Auto. Anytime that I need something fabbed up, something like just some hoist space, anything like that, you know, he's uh, usually more than accommodating and uh, he can make it happen. So latter part wouldn't happen out with him. First part wouldn't happen out with Triple S. Uh, so the takeaway point for your whole part today is, you know, don't uh, don't be afraid to ask like uh, Joe was saying. And uh, don't don't uh, over overcommit right off the bat. You know, there's a lot of benefit in just a small unspoken partnership at first and then hopefully that works into you know we see guys like rick Zelinsky, uh ra motorsports was just you know kind of helping him out on the side to help it on the side now big time partnership with him in the series and that's awesome for him it's awesome for our spec z drivers bringing in something like that so it's it's something that does require you know some nuance uh, some understanding from both sides and uh you know just just be adult about it you know just uh take on what you can and deliver what you know you can so uh, take stock in yourself, offer that, and uh, just be honest about it, man. That's That would be my, uh, I guess, sponsorship 101. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I think I have a little bit of a unique one. One, we run the series, so we're actually uh, looking for, for sponsors for Spec D, and we have a lot of great partners that are have been on board with us for a long time. And then also running Zestino Tires Canada, um, we do get hit up quite a bit for sponsorship. And it was sort of a decision that we made on early on is either you can help out one or two drivers with, uh, you know, just about giving them free tires, but then everybody has to pay, you know, retail on the rest of them to make that worthwhile. Or we just give everybody the wholesale cost. And that's sort of mm. what we found was better for our driver community. Um, you know, and then it's just a, it's a partnership going into it with everybody, you know, and it's, 
there isn't a ton that that is uh, expected from guys getting a wholesale cost. You know, it's just usually, you know, small decal on the door or something like that. And um, also just, you know, we stencil all the tires and it looks cool for the brand and we're hoping that it's a good product for everybody. Tires is a tough one because, you know, lots of guys can be going through, uh, you know, 40 tires in a season and it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to be, you know, maybe just a, a smaller business. We don't necessarily get backing from Zestino corporate. So everything that we do is just from done from a distributor level. So that's a little bit sort of, of how, you know, we approach people that, you know, send off things saying, you know, sponsor me, give me free tires, this and that. And so far, it's just like, you know, if you're not able to, to sell that, that same mm -hmm. thing, um, like you say, a turbo, like if you're, you know, if you, for every tire that I give you for free, if you're selling me another four or five, super yeah. awesome, you know, yeah, exactly. Tire. But if you're looking for 40, that means you're selling me 200 tires. And if somebody comes along with that great thing, you know, we're all, we're all down for it. Um, now a little bit on the, on maybe acquiring sponsors and we look at uh different we'll give you a little bit of insight to how we do it you know as a series and and who we approach and generally what we're looking for is people that aren't necessarily helping individual drivers in the series uh one as a series we're not trying to take uh you know potential sponsorship from you know, from you, Joe, we're not trying to go in and, and poach somebody who might be helping you like a shop that's helping you out. Um, the opposite side of that is we actually try to take that shop and help them to promote themselves so that they can help Joe more. So when Joe shows up to the track, if it's XYZ shop helping him out build his cars, XYZ shop should have a tent and be definitely represented at an event that you're competing in. One free advertising for them they get more business they can help you out even more um, and then another thing that we do and we found really good success with it is try to build a, a multi-year um, deal with somebody so most of the contracts that we have are three years and we try to do you know a year one year two year three and we ramp up the support that they're giving so that one we can prove ourselves to them in year one show them that, you know, it's definitely worth it. You know, are people buying the product that, you know, that you're advertising, you know, through the series? Um, JB's Power Center is a big one. They've been with us now We're coming on four years and it's a good relationship. They hook up all the drivers with a wicked deal on stuff, but then they also help the series with pricing, with, with everything that we can ask for, little simple things like, you know, uh, credentials for the staff they provide all that for us and that just came through a relationship of of years that you're working on so that you prove yourself year one year two now did you say what you were going to do yes you did mm -hmm. now we can you know expand that on and a lot of people are looking for the guy that's going to be going through the uh, pro am series or you know the, the canadian pro series and then going on to be on a bigger stage where you have the marketing of FD behind you as well. So then that's where they can kind of wait. And that's when you can maybe grab a little bit more support. Mm -hmm. um, we often talk to a lot of people and say at this level, you know, like to be getting cash sponsorship is really tough to do. And, you know, we don't see a lot of success with guys going out and going like, Hey, I need to, you know, pull in $40,000 from you as my title sponsor plus, you know, all the free product. Um, so, you know, at this level, it's, it's, it's lots of times it's discount, maybe it's uh, 50% off something like that. And what that can turn into is something, you know, even more. Um, the other thing too, is like with a long-term sponsorship deal, like where you're looking at two to three years, um, it's, it's also picking the people that you want to work with. Uh, we've had a conversation just even, uh, you know, privately about different coilovers different coilover setups and stuff like this and making sure that you're getting the right, the right product. Um, we partnered up with, um, yellow speed racing. There may be a smaller company, but when I send them an email on a Sunday, they answer the email on a Sunday, which is very odd. Uh, when you call down to the shop, they answer the phone and you talk to a person and they tell you, 
you need this, this, or this, and that's a big part of it. And the quality of their stuff is, is great. So when we were trying to pick, um, you know, partners that we wanted to, to join with the series, one, it needs to be applicable to, you know, the cars that we run, we're so much JDM stuff here, you know, does their product line match up with it? Uh, and it does. So then it's a good relationship and you try to market that into three years where, you know, um, as a, as a driver or as, you know, as a series, if you're sitting there going, you know, in 2019, you're all about, you know, uh, Bob's coilover company and 2020, you don't even talk about them anymore. And now it's the next best thing. You kind of put your name behind it. And if you're using the product, it's good. You're promoting it. You believe in it. You can have confidence that it's going to be a good thing. So that's just a little bit about but, you know, maybe my, my thought on it and a mm. little bit about how to approach sponsors. And the biggest thing is just, it's like, it's so much personal relationship, you know, um, with the SIM thing getting, getting bigger. And, you know, uh, if you go and you look on, even on our Stratotech um, layout that we had done, we paid to help get that track built. Spec D sponsors are on it. The Zestino is all in it. So when you're driving around with Stratotech, it looks like, you know, Zestino has five or six big uh, tractor trailer rigs and mm -hmm. spec D's everywhere. It looks that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, maybe, I've seen that. You know, and that's maybe something that is on the servers where not only do they get you in real life, but they also get you in the virtual world as well. And that's a, a new, a new way to do it. Um, sponsorship is always a tough one and nobody really likes to talk about it and nobody will really tell you, you know, how much they're getting from, from a company or what you should even ask for, what the value is of, you know, what is your door worth? Because the door on Forrest Wang's car may be worth 40,000 a year, but the door on Joe's car may not be worth 40 grand a year, but it may be worth, you know, but it may be worth, you know, uh, a, a spare package for your car with coilovers and a spare set. Maybe yeah. that's what it is worth for your mm -hmm. one, but when, you know, when you had success and then you're going to prospect, what is that door worth then? Is it worth more to them to stay on it? And uh, you already got the coilovers and it is easier for them just to give you some cash to, to really help you push to the next level. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, the growth of the, of the virtual drifting, the uh, servers and, you know, like I know Dustin from Electric Media, he's our head guy with our media here. He's built a wicked server for all the tracks that we run for our competition. And to kind of see how that develops going into this next year, it's a very new way of, you know, sponsorship and how everything is going. I mean, you know, the virtual thing, all the video game producers seem to be the ones with the most cash. The guys with that are developing apps and, and games on your phone have a boatload of money that they seem to be pouring in and trying to get any driver or any YouTube sensation to, uh, to jump in on. But I don't know. Any, anything else you guys want to add? Uh, we've been at it for an hour. I mean, we had a little trouble getting started, but it's been a great conversation. Nice, and, yeah. You know, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, you Thanks know, def definitely respect that you couldn't make it to our round one. Uh, but we look forward to uh, to meeting the whole family at round two when we're in Michigan. Yeah, yep. You know, hopefully you're bringing the baby out. To, and my to, mom's, both our moms, and everyone's going to be there. Oh, that's yeah. the best. They're that's over the here best, from Australia. Right? They're helping out. Oh. So it'll be there that weekend. It's their last weekend here, and then they both fly back to Australia. So we've been very lucky to have them here helping us out with the newborn and just figuring it all out. Nope, that's awesome. Anything you want to add, Tony, and we'll – wrap it up I had, uh, just two australian related questions really quick uh ford or holden holden nice <laughs> yeah. uh, proper shoe etiquette is it the left or the right foot oh good question probably the left foot especially if you're right-handed makes sense okay <laughs> one bonus one then let's let's see how far it goes danny ricardo or mark weber uh, Danny Ricardo, and it's funny you bring up the shoey because where I'm from in Australia, the guy that started doing that in the UFC um, or made it quite popular, he's like two street. He lives two streets away from me, 
<laughs> so I've got a bunch of like, I grew up around all those kind of people like Mark Hunt, Tai Tuivasa, all those idiots. I've done it awesome. just so, and it wasn't good. It, it tasted pretty bad, actually. I was shocked nah. actually how bad it tasted, but it was cool. <laughs> all right. So if we're on the podium in uh, Michigan, we expect to see a shoey left foot shoey. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great one. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for, for joining us and, and really appreciate it. And, you know, we will catch you uh, catch you soon. And hopefully yeah. sooner than later, we'll, we'll meet up and do it. You bet. All right. Yep. Awesome. All right. All right. All right. Cheers, guys. You bet. Good Thank you. There you go. That was pretty interesting. I enjoyed oh. that. That was an, a, a nice chat with him. You know, that, um, that kind of felt like our most podcasty episode, you know? It kind of felt like a, a proper roundtable discussion. It was kind of, it was pretty nice. <laughs> and we did all that without raising interest rate to 4.5% today, so that's not too bad. Help comments oh. watch us. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's, uh, yeah, well, don't worry they about got, they, they got your back. Um, but yeah, control. so let's just remind people People that are watching, uh, obviously, this episode will be up tonight. So if you're going to listen to it on any of your social, uh, maybe later, listening to this on Monday. <laughs> yeah, on your podcast uh, things. <laughs> Make sure that you head out and check out the round that we got coming up this weekend: Port Saskatchewan, uh, Stratotech Raceway Park. Easy to find. Uh, gates open for spectators at 11 o'clock. We got food trucks ice cream, uh, poutine. We got pizza out there. Um, it's going to be a great time. Definitely bring the family. It is a family friendly event. Uh, you know, big stands, everything's there. It's going to be, it's going to be nice. Don't let the warm weather scare you. It'll be amazing to see the drivers out on track. Uh, we're definitely going to be irritating the neighbors. So, you know, it'll be fun. What else can you do on, on a great Saturday? and watch some of the drifting. We like to say that we take our site, our show cars and we absolutely run them door to door with our buddies in their show car. And I mean, that's why we build them is to uh, look pretty, but also to go fast as well. Um, One thing that can be said, you know, at least we actually drive our show cars. We're not just paying to uh, park them in a public space more than uh, usual. That's right. So we'll be out there absolutely shredding. and it's just a great time to, to see. We got a bunch of new faces uh, out this year, a bunch of new builds coming up. And, you know, we're really excited to to see these guys push hard on, on the track. It's going to be a uh, just an amazing event. Um, so, yeah, gates open, 11 o'clock. Uh, $20 for an adult. Kids under 12 come free. So, basically, you know, you and, you and the family can come and enjoy a great time for 40 bucks. Um, autograph session. We got everything. We got merch. We got... You know, custom steering wheels. We got all the food trucks there, so it's going to be a good time. And I think that's it for tonight. I think so. I just wanted to add in just a, you know, just a little, uh, just in case you're listening to this on Monday. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, you know, um, wow, what an amazing event you missed! I can't believe it when uh, Chris Turdman, you know, hopped the wall and threw the chair at John. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, unhinged, absolutely unhinged. You know, you guys missed a great round one. It was a uh, full-on WWE status. Right. So yeah, that's if you're listening to it on uh, on, on Monday Monday morning. Uh, but definitely, you know, if you are in the area, make sure you head out and, and check it out. Um, it's going to be a great time out there. So with that, we will sign off and see you guys tomorrow. Out on the track at Rad Torque and Saturday at Shadow Tech Park. Right on. Talk to you guys then. Good night. There we go, chica chica.